0: This is a Valfam special, special broadcast. broadcast. The COVID Report Show. Monday to Thursday from 6 to 7 p.m. Exclusive to Val FM 88.1. Share it. Welcome back to the COVID Report here on Val FM 88.1. Again, thank you so much for joining us. We are the one-stop shop for all of the facts, all of the stats and all of the figures and none of the misinformation and none of the fake news as it pertains to our continued fight against COVID-19 here in South Africa. Now the South African National Defense Force has come under fire in uh, recent times. The SANDF has warned soldiers to abide by the law after the death of a 40-year-old man in Alexandria Township north of Johannesburg this past weekend. The man was reportedly drinking in his yard on Saturday when he was approached by SANDF officials who questioned him and then proceeded to assault him. So far, there have been nine people who were allegedly killed by the police and soldiers during the national lockdown, which was extended by another two weeks by President Cyril Ramaphosa. And uh, this also comes in the wake of Videos that emerged on social media of soldiers who made people do all sorts of weird fitness drills, rolling on the ground, crawling on the ground, as well as the unfortunate videos that have surfaced of the SANDF soldiers enacting acts of violence to uh, members of the public. To understand what recourse civilians have against these soldiers who who go against the mandate given to them by President Soura So We are joined on the line, Teppo Mohapi, he is an attorney as well as the host of Law Focus here on FM, and he is going to help us look into the legal grounds that you as a civilian have when it pertains to dealing with SANDF officials who conduct themselves going against the mandate given to them by their chief commander. Thank you so much for joining us on the show this evening, Tepo.
1: Uh Hello, and um, thank you for inviting me. Good day to the listener.
0: Thank you very much for joining us this evening. Now, uh, I think we can both agree we are in absolutely uncharted waters, unprecedented time that we are all facing, not only in South Africa, but all across the globe. Now, um, it was a state of uh, disaster that was declared by President Sola Mapposa, which prompted the 21-day lockdown, which is now stretched into a lockdown that will um, stretch all the way until the end of April. Now, first and foremost, what would you, what, what do you make of the way in which the the way in which the, um, the, the the call for the lockdown the response to the call for a lockdown from uh, members of South african of the South african public as well as law officials um, has been what, what do you make of the way in which Um, the response to President Sildur Mahposa's call for lockdown has materialized um, without taking these instances of abuse into account. What do you make of the way in which the call to lockdown has been responded to?
1: Well, I think it's been quite good um, in that this is the first time that we've had a state of disaster like uh, on a national level um, since the dawn of our democracy. Uh, We've had a a lockdown type situations prior to 94, and they were quite targeted uh, in the townships. Uh, In particular, it was to um, address dissent and those kinds of things or perceived dissent, all those sorts of things. Um, So at the moment, we're faced with a very different type of uh, situation where it's public health um, and it's a worldwide phenomenon. It's not unique to South Africa as well. I think the response has been good both from the citizens um, uh, and from the government itself. It's generally been quite, quite a good one. We haven't had a situation where uh, we've had a total breakdown of services. We haven't had lootings or odd things that we saw happening in the first few days, for example, in Australia and in other countries where people tended to misbehave. So I think this African pragmatism uh, sort of um, kicked in quite strongly. And I would say, yes, it's gone quite well so far. I mean, there have been instances that I suppose we're going to talk about now. But on the whole, I would say that South Africa is handling it quite well.
0: Absolutely, absolutely, and I think now that we can um, narrow our attention to those rotten apples um, the rotten apples in society, so um, the ones that are going out there with the intent to misbehave, the ones that are uh, that, that, that are looting those um those alcohol outlets um as those very very unfortunate videos surfaced over the past weekend uh, as well as the the, the the officials within the within the police force within those within the SANDF who who in their own way um whether reported or not have gone against the uh, or, or have gone above and against the call um, to control the crowd and the, the the call to maintain order and peace during this lockdown um, the call was made by president maposa what is what would you suggest the recourse is for the for, for, for those for those rotten apples who are not abide who or who are conducting themselves in in ways that go against the the what 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 I'd like to term the noble intentions of the lockdown and the noble intentions of the deployment of the SANDF to simply <coughs> control the crowd and make sure that um, n- gatherings don't exceed a certain number the the, the noble the noble call for the deployment of police officers from our from our south african police service to assist with um, crowd control and making sure that the regulations of the lockdown are met. When it pertains to um, those rotten apples, what course of action should, do you believe should be taken against them?
1: Well, b- before we get to the rotten apples, let, let's perhaps take a look at what it means to be in a, a, a state of disaster. So for us, it means there are certain things that we can't do. Our freedom is se- severely curtailed. That you may not leave your house unless it's under very strict conditions so you will either need to get supplies either uh, a medication or groceries or things like that and then it'll also mean that uh, you can travel if you need to travel under certain conditions as well so um, funerals are one of the examples that have come up Um, and then certain things will not be available to you, such as alcohol and cigarettes are no longer available to us. Um, Now, if people do break the law, uh, the authorities need to take some form of control over it. Um, So you cannot have laws that are simply not enforced. So if somebody is running around uh, walking their dog or... um, um, uh, um, traveling across the, the provinces to go on holiday or something like that. Most people, that person needs to be arrested. Uh, them doing it by themselves may not seem like such a big deal, but it's when, if you don't enforce the law, if the government doesn't enforce the law, then other people will do it and then it'll become okay to do it. And that'll undermine uh, the objective of the whole lockdown. So there is a need to enforce the law. Now, in enforcing the law, the state is allowed to use force. People mustn't be um, a, a little bit romantic about the fact that the use of force is permitted in our country. So, if someone is evading the police, they can chase you, they can trip you, and um, and they can physically grab you, handcuff you, and put you into their vans um, in order to um, to um, to uh, arrest you, and and that's completely lawful to do that as long as they do it within reason if they don't use deadly force where it's not necessary, all of that. But the use of force in effecting an arrest in our country is available to the police where they do need to do so. The problem comes where there is either no transgression so someone is out of their home for a legitimate reason or even when they're not, uh, even when they're out of the home not for a legitimate reason how it is that that arrest is then affected, or what happens to the individual if they are found breaking the law? That's where the problem lies so far.
0: Thank you very much for making that clear distinction for us, Temple Now, as it pertains to um, this, uh, as you rightly said, um, the, the 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 space with which these law officials can. Um, forcefully uh, exercise their mandate. So they, so within reason, uh, police officers are allowed to grab you. They are allowed to handcuff you. They are allowed to physically place you in the back of their vans. And um, I, I suppose, by extension, um, f- certain so, uh, members of the SA NDF are allowed to carry out their um, their their mandate with force, as long as it's force within reason. Now, when it comes to when it comes to uh, the, the the deployment of the uh, of these uh, law officials, I do I do recall that um, just I, I do recall in, in in the early periods of the of the lockdown being put in place. So um, I, I I say in the In the three days between the lockdown being announced and the lockdown starting um, I, I i do I do vividly remember a a a sense of confusion uh, around whether or not this would be a mass deployment of law enforcement whether this would this, whether this would mean that um, S.A.N.D.F. officials are deployed in every corner, every pillar, every mm-hmm. post of the country. S.A.P.S. is deployed in every corner, every pillar, every post of the country. Every street, there will be a, a police uh, car driving mm. up and down. Um, now, now, we, as we've seen, as we've gone over, uh, as we've gone through this period of lockdown, there are instances where uh, people... Uh, uh, are saying that there are there, there is there is deployment of of law enforcement here, but no deployment of law enforcement there. There are yeah. soldiers here, but no soldiers there. There are police yeah. officers there, but no police officers here. Now, is this a question of a, a a a degree of miscommunication or a or something being lost in translation as far as? as far as how the deployment of this law enforcement um, was communicated to the public, or is this simply down to numbers? Is this simply down to um, a very, very um, unrealistic expectation to have law enforcement in every pillar and every post of the country?
1: I know quite a lot of people in the military, but I've never been in the military myself. We need to, between um between um, our normal law enforcement, which would be our, our police forces. That's now the Metro uh, Police Force, uh, the SAPS, and some of our provincial police forces as well. Those are everyday guys that we meet on a daily basis. And they have their um, stations all over the Republic. I mean, there should be a police station within every township, and normally in every other suburb or so there's a police station. So they're quite, they're everywhere, but they aren't in huge numbers. Um, the role of the army um, is to support the, uh, the, our normal law enforcement guys. Um, so the role of the, of the army is a little bit in the background at the moment, and it should remain that way. Um, now, it would be unrealistic to expect uh, that every street or even every suburb is going to have a heavy deployment of of soldiers or even police officers. And that would be a waste of resources. If an area doesn't really have a problem uh, with uh, compliance, there really isn't a need to have much deployment in that area. But if an area, if a different area, has got a higher chance of of having um, non-compliance, and it means greater enforcement, it would make sense to have a greater number of people deployed into that area, and even have a greater number of soldiers deployed in that area as well. And that would now allow the police force and the other uh, law enforcement officers, with the help of the, uh, of the military, to be able to put in, in, into place or, or to enforce the laws that exist within that area. So to expect that there would be a deployment Across the country, we're a huge country, 50-odd million people. It's just not going to happen. It's not going to work. They need to focus their efforts in areas that would um, uh, need their attention. Now, of course, that will raise a question of, um, in all likelihood, would that be more more along the townships, more along in higher rise areas where you have high density? That might be the case, and it might look bad, but there may well be very good reasons why that deployment is taking place there, as opposed to a very quiet suburb somewhere, say in the East Rand um, I don't know if it was miscommunicated that that, that makes sense to me that there could be checkpoints all over, small checkpoints all over the country, but real deployment is going to happen only in focus
0: areas and I think that does clarify um, that matter because I also do think uh, I, I think as, an, uh, as the individuals of African, I understood. What, um, what 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 was meant by the deployment of, yeah. of 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 law enforcement and the the ratio to which we would see um, normal uh, police officers, so SAPS, JMPD, all those all those um, divisions of the police force versus um, the number of soldiers we would see. Now, Ooh. when it comes to when when it comes to Soldiers being deployed onto the street now. So when it comes to SANDF, um, at SANDF officials or members of the army being deployed onto the streets, as we've seen, um, um, emerge in, uh, in Cape Town, out at the uh, Cape Flats, mm-hmm. at what point? At what what point does it need to reach before before the? Soldiers themselves now are deployed onto the street. Is it a question of, um, like you you mentioned, you mentioned those uh, focus areas? So mm. is this is this is this a measure? Is this a moment? Um, um is this a matter of? Of um, Those particular areas being identified as potential um, areas where lawlessness is most likely to to trend in those areas or or, or are there other circumstances that need to be accounted for um, before soldiers themselves are deployed onto the streets
1: like i said i 'm not, I'm not uh, you know uh, all fair with the with the military tactics, but from what i 've seen and from what makes sort of um, you know, logical sense, it, it would be that police forces would, would, would indicate that, listen, we probably are going to have, so a local station would say, listen, we're probably going to have um, a difficult time enforcing this. Our numbers, our population density is very high. Our numbers aren't enough to really keep order in this area. Can the military assist us? And from what I've seen, that's what happened. So where where to identify that we have a high density of, you know, high density, in, that, in a particular population or particular area, that is where the biggest deployments happen. It's more difficult to, uh, um, to um, police those areas because of the high density. The problem will come in, I suppose, when either of those two parties, whether it's the law, ordinary law enforcement who should actually be the front line, or their support as the military starts to overstep the mark. It's when they start to move from being simply enforcing the law to now uh, violating other people's rights. And that's where we're picking up the problem so far.
0: Perfect segue to my next question. As far as citizens of the country are concerned in relation to law enforcement, in relation to, um, in relation to the SANDF, what scope of recourse do they have in response to instances where their rights have been violated, or Mm -hmm. in in instances where they have been physically assaulted by members of uh, the Defence Force, as um, was the case for that gentleman out in Alexandria this past weekend.
1: We're talking about instances which would be unlawful in all likelihood. So uh, beatings, uh, killings, um, you know, those kinds of things. So let's distinguish between law enforcement in the normal sense and then the soldiers. Now law enforcement in the normal sense, that does happen uh, that they are guilty of, for example, beatings or, or even uh, um, an unlawful killing of an of an individual. Or at least they're accused of that. Now with law enforcement, it can be difficult because the people that you are meant to uh, report it to would be law enforcement as well. So you'd be... Um, reporting law enforcement against a police officer to another police officer. But we do have IPID, which is the Independent Police Directorate. You know, they investigate um, um, the police for misconduct. And so you would have to then open a case with the police force and make sure that that gets its way to the to IPID. And IPID then um, would look into uh, the incident itself and then investigate what happened with the um, with the relevant police officer i know in the east rand uh, that already uh, an arrest was made where an individual was was killed and um, uh, the law enforcement people uh, involved in there were arrested uh, i don't know what the charges, but i know they were arrested so that is possible with a soldier it's a little bit easier i think in my opinion, because a soldier would then, you would then simply report them to the ordinary police um, because they're separate entities. Whether it will go, how far it will go, would be a little bit more difficult to to ascertain. Um, IPID, in my opinion, sometimes does battle to keep up with some of the actions and complaints that are levelled against its members. We also have the issue of indemnity. Now, the Act itself, you know, under uh, Section 61, um, basically gives uh, the minister, the national centre, the provincial or municipal management centre, or any employee or somebody seconded by them, it gives them, um, they're not liable for anything done in good faith. Or furthering the objects of this uh, objectives of, of this act, so it means that if uh, someone who is a member of law enforcement, or even someone who has been seconded by you know the minister, etc. etc. Um, that's something and they do so in good faith, um, that you couldn't hold them responsible for it. I suppose that that could still be tested in a court of law to see whether that's constitutional or not. It might not. Um, Stand up to constitutional master, but it is a problem. I saw, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, where the minister attempted to sort of do away with that, uh, remove that part of the, of the, or suspend that part of the, uh, of the act. Uh, But there's a big debate about whether he's even able to do that. It it exists as part of the act, all he can do is give regulations on the act. I don't think, uh, that he's, he's, able to actually amend the act itself. So it stands, as it stands, as in, indemnity, but it is for good faith act, um, that cause damage. So that could be a real, um, um, a real hindrance, a real thorn in people's side, uh, when they do seek assistance or when they do seek to, uh, move against the, the state.
0: Um, Finally from Meetser, but before I uh, allow you to continue with the rest of your evening, what advice would you give to everyone listening to the COVID report right now and to citizens of the country as an attorney yourself, as far as ways in which they can conduct themselves to avoid instances of being in contravention of the law as much as possible, On top of ways in which they can they can navigate um, their interactions with um, the police force, with uh, the South African National Defence Force, in instances where they are the ones breaking the law.
1: Like we said before, this is unprecedented across the world, and in South Africa, it hasn't happened post 1994. So everybody is sort of uh, treading, you know, on thin waters. You know, even even police officers who were serving pre 1994 probably retired now, if they're not retired, uh, they probably aren't sort of your Bobby on the beat, they're not the guys who are walking the streets now anymore, so that sort of knowledge that existed prior to that is now probably in a desk, somewhere behind a desk in the police service somewhere. So I think if you are um, a citizen and you need to protect yourself, the best thing to do is really to comply insofar as you can comply, so stay at home unless you need to leave that leave the place. But if you have to leave it and you do have a legitimate reason for leaving it and you still have trouble from the police there, you must still, as, as right as you might be in, in, um, in going out, say you want to go and get medication or whatever the case may be, conduct yourself in the calmest way possible. Get, go, go about your business as quickly as possible. Conduct yourself as calmly as possible. So when you're confronted by the police, explain yourself very clearly who you identify yourself. You can ask the law enforcement to identify themselves and they must do so when dealing with you uh, they may not uh, simply uh, um, be anonymous if you request them to identify themselves, they must identify themselves, but cooperate in as much as you can if you're finding it difficult to communicate with them and they do want to arrest you whatever still comply you must still comply uh, you might be arrested, okay, but the magistrate will then deal with you and they deal with you fairly quickly it's not a it's not a um, a, a, a drawn-out process. Uh, you can then have recourse at a later stage in front of the magistrate. But most importantly, when you are confronted by a police officer or any other law enforcement, is to be as calm as you can be. It's not going to be an antagonistic um, um, uh, interaction unless one of you now starts to behave uh, in a way that perhaps that is rude or or uncooperative. So cooperate, identify yourself, explain where you're going very clearly. If you need to sort of show that, listen, I've got the money here. I'm going to this particular place. I'm getting such and such a thing and I'm returning back to my place. You can, uh, for instance, take my number, whatever. I'll be coming back this way. Explain yourself as quickly and as clearly as possible. What I also don't advise people to do um, is to sort of be hanging around unnecessarily. I, I, although it's it's in your home, and uh, maybe it's in your yard or anything like that, I don't hang around my front yard unnecessarily. I go out there if I need to go check. There's a noise outside or something like that. But I generally use the back of my of my my, my backyard if I just want to sit and relax. Just stay out of the way, stay out of um, out of harm's way as well. But whatever you do, be as communicative and as um not comply not necessarily compliant but be as uh, as um I'm, I'm i'm losing the word now try to communicate and be as, as uh, be of assistance to to the police officer normally really normally you will be fine really you will be fine the instances that we're seeing are bad they are horrific but they are by far uh, in the minority they're not common But please, you must comply. And if you are confronted, cooperate.
0: All right. And just in case you didn't catch that, I will reiterate uh, Tsepo's words one more time. In an instance where you are confronted by um, South African law enforcement or the SANDF, your best course of action is to comply and to cooperate as much as possible possible. Make sure to keep as level ahead as possible. Make sure not to let your emotions get the best of you. Make sure that you obey the the instructions and commands given to you to the best of your ability and within reason. And uh, just to remind you, if you are caught in an instance where any of the listed officials, whether it is um, South African Police Service or members of the South African National uh, Defense Force, so members of the army uh, are abusing your rights, are going above their call of action, and in doing so are victimizing you, there are, ta- there are steps that you can take um, to bring them to order. That was uh, Tsepo Mohapi joining us on the COVID report this evening. He is an attorney as well as the host of Law Focus here on Vow 88.1, chatting to us about the role of uh, law enforcement that is the South African Police Service as well as the S-A-N-D-F, the South African National Defense Force during um, this uh, period of lockdown in our continued fight against COVID-19 and chatting to us about uh, the scope within which they can operate and they can exercise their mandate and the scope within which we as the citizens and civilians that they are um, mandated to protect can um, conduct ourselves in uh, not only complying and cooperating with them, but in instances where they overstep the mark and we respond to them accordingly. Sepul, thank you so much for joining us on The COVID Report. Thank you for the eye-opening look into um, the ways in which we can bring the law to our side as civilians in um, instances where, uh, the, the, where those sworn to protect us go over the mark. Thank you so much for taking uh, time out of your schedule to talk to us on the COVID Report this evening.
1: Yeah, it's always a pleasure speaking to you guys on Vau.
0: Thank you so much for joining us, Temple.
1: The COVID Report Show, exclusive to Vau FM.